0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. Open your Bibles to Hebrews 11, and uh, these first services do go by quickly. And um, again, a I, 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 couple of reasons we have that, because we have the prayer service in the, in the middle of both services, and then we also... Have to get the you know children in and out and get you know traffic flowing. I'm just hoping someday that we're just so packed we got we gotta um, people are standing in line to get in the church. That's what I'm believing for. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11. Uh, we'll begin there. You know we're doing a, a series on the subject of faith and it was very interesting. God began to minister to me about Enoch, which we'll read a little bit about him uh, in a moment. Now. Hebrews 11.1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, that's future, okay, hope is the future, we're hoping for something, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, amen, and faith, listen, God placed faith, he, he, he vested faith into the heart of humanity, all humans have faith. The Bible says Romans 12, 2, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And why? So that we as sinners would have the ability to access the spirit realm where our Savior lives. Amen. And rules and reigns. And the same measure of faith that saved you is the same measure of faith that will not only protect you but provide for you all the days of your life. And everybody say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The living Bible says this. Oh, I was gonna say this, yeah. Um, Uh, So for us to access, listen, the presence, the provision, and the power of God, faith is required on our part. We must believe. Now, the Living Bible says, what is faith? It's the confident assurance that something we want. And I added this when I was reading this just because of the fact that sometimes if we're not careful, we can really really try to, we can distort what God is really saying. Here's what he's saying. It is, what is faith? It's the confident assurance that something we want, listen, within the boundaries of God's word, you can't have your neighbor's wife. You, you can't covet your neighbor's get, uh, goods. Can I have an amen? So that's what he's saying there. Yeah. Uh, that something we want within the boundaries of God's word is going to happen. It is the certainty. Notice that there's no place for wavering. The certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us even though we cannot see it up ahead. It's kind of like this. You say to your kids one day, you say, hey, kids, in just 15 days, 15 days, we'll be going to Disney World. Amen. And though they may not have an understanding standing on the the framework of time, the moment you say that, expectation and excitement arises in their hearts. Why? Because they believe your word. And that expectation and excitement is faith in action. I thought this. Oh, I thought of this too. The hurricanes down south—the one that just hit, you know, a few weeks ago—down south, south did such a devastation. Um, uh, anytime there's a hurricane report, let's just say we just—it just has been reported that a hurricane is going to hit our area in three days. So what do you do? Well, if you've ever been through one, I mean, you don't waver, you don't doubt, you immediately prepare for it. You nail things down, you tie things up, and you head out to avoid the storm. If you agree, say amen. So that right there is faith in action. You heard a word, you believed it, you received it, and then you acted on it. Can I have an amen? And those that said, hey, and it's hap- it happens. Those that, I saw an older couple that actually stayed in their house, and they were up in the attic. The water had, uh, the water had gone up to the level of the attic, and they were up there, uh, you know, Wonder if they're going to make it, and they they were rescued. But again, if you just take it lightly, even the life of faith—if you take it lightly—then you won't be prepared for whatever comes uh, comes to you in the future. And we don't know what the future holds. Can I have an amen? So God only knows what tomorrow will bring. He also knows that to uh, um, he also yeah he also knows that until we reach our eternal destinies, faith is going to be required from us in regards to what He's promised in His Word. Amen. He knows that we're going to have storms of all sorts when we are walking with God, every one of us. I said that last week. We talked about suffering on Wednesday night a little bit. Physical storms, emotional storms, relational storms, economic and financial storms. And I don't think we've ever witnessed in America's history the political storm that's brewing right now in America. We just lost a Supreme Court justice, and we're saddened for the the, the loss of a life. Um, But um, she was a woman who uh, supported things that, are not biblical-based, and so that was the only thing that was wrong in that situation, and uh, uh, she pro- su- supported full abortion, and she supported um, the gay rights movement, support, you know, to pass laws, um, and again, I just say this to anybody, I mean, if you want to be gay, you can be gay, but if you want to be a believer, then you're going to have to make a decision that you're going to choose holiness over sexual passion. Can I have an amen? It's quiet in this Lutheran church. And everybody say amen to that. And I'm just, you know, I don't look down on anybody for their, the crux of their bondages in the life. I had plenty of mine. And so I have great empathy for anybody who's caught up in that, you know, because um, uh, I surely, uh, without God's divine intervention, would have been a real mess in my life. So I'm grateful to the Lord. Um, and my heart goes out to anybody who's bound by anything. I have great empathy for people. Why? Because I lived it. I suffered there. And thank God there is freedom in Jesus. Everybody say amen like you mean it. Amen. 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 Okay, so as we continue to go in grace, grow in grace and truth, and we heed to the warnings of God's word, God will lead us safely and securely through every storm that we face. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, who that's God. For he that comes to God must believe, must believe that he is, that he's what? That he is what you're coming to him for. And that he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. The word please there in the Greek means to fully agree with. I thought that's interesting. <laughs> fully agree with. Amen. You fully agree with what God has said in his word. And fully agreement means that you, then you, you slide your will. You yield your will in your life to that very thing that he has established in his word. Amen. Uh, to fully agree, it reminded me of Caleb. You can just write Numbers 14, verse 24. The Bible says that Caleb followed God wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y. I mean completely, and that's why he... He was, along with his partner Joshua, they were the ones that could take the second generation of Israelites into the promised land. Because he had committed his life wholly to the Lord. How many want your life wholly committed to God? Amen, completely. Amen, I know you do. Praise the Lord. Amos 3.3 says, Can two walk together except they agree? And the answer is no. The New Living Translation says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? And again, the answer is no. And when it comes to our Christian, listen, this is so good. When it comes to our Christian journey, our human limitations alone disqualify us from making making the right decisions regarding all the challenges that we face in life. We we cannot, remember I've said this, Jesus said, apart from me you can do nothing. My translation is, apart from a Christ-centered life, we can do nothing. We cannot conquer the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. We cannot conquer the, 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 Satan and all the things that are going on behind the scenes. Uh, we can, though, if we walk with God. Now, Hebrews 11, verse 5. Very interesting. How he, We just quoted uh, verse 6, but let's go to verse 5. It says, by faith, Enoch was translated. Say translated. translated. Amen. That he should not see death. And was not found because God had what? Say it. Translated. Translated. God had translated him. For before his translation, he had his testimony that he pleased God. I thought that was interesting. Three times it mentions translation or translate. And that that kind of just reminded me. He was pleasing God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. (laughs) He was pleasing all three. Amen. So it's mentioned three times. Enoch chose to live a life of faith even while be, and we'll read this in a moment even while be surra- being surrounded by the darkest time in history, it was, so, it was so filled with darkness and deprivation and evil that God, at that moment, he broke his heart that He had made man it broke his heart that he allowed this to take place. I mean, that he, he's observing man moving farther and farther away from God into deeper, deeper darkness. And it's happening again over the world today. And if you agree, say amen. 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 So, in so, because Enoch walked in that, he walked with God in that environment, just goes i show you, we can. No matter how dark the world gets, we, walk, we can stay right in the center of God's will. Amen. amen. And we will in Jesus' name. And so God was so pleased with them that he took them to heaven. Amen. Now, the word translated in the Greek means to transfer or transport. It means to exchange or to change sides. That reminded me of Colossians 1. Look at this scripture. The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control of and the dominion of darkness. Watch this. And has transferred us. There's that very interesting word. Has, um, and has transferred us into the kingdom of his son of love. Amen. In whom we have redemption through his blood, which means the forgiveness of sins. Everybody say thank you, Lord. Thank you. So I thought it was interesting because transferring is what Vicky and I did for the first ten, almost 10 years of our married life. I, 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 we got married when I was 20. I went on the road full time when I was, uh, when I was um, uh, 22 years old. And uh, we trucked, was nine years, but close to 10. And uh, we tr- we're transferring business people to their next residence, their new residence. Amen. And now for the last almost 40 years, we've been helping to transfer people out of darkness into God's marvelous light. Hallelujah. Preparing them preparing them for their eternal home. Praise God. How many believe we have an eternal home waiting for us? I do I believe with all my heart. Praise the Lord. And Jesus um, uh, calls it uh, the heavenly city whose builder and maker is God. Now, Genesis 5. Turn there if you, in your Bible if you uh, have a Bible. Genesis 5. Now, God tells us why Enoch pleased him. Let's read this. When Enoch was 65, when Enoch was 65 years old, Methuselah was born. Enoch walked, oh, I love this translation, in habitual fellowship with God after the birth of Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. When I read that, I kind of chuckle. I'm always kind of chuckling when I read things because my mind is a little bit weird. But I thought, can you imagine talking to uh, uh, Methuselah? He's 300 years old. He said, do you have any brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have a three-month-old brother. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Three, 300 years old. And then he had, he was 300 years old, and then he had brothers and sisters. I thought that was kind of funny. Anyway, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. When I read that, I thought, did God reward Enoch 365 years because he gave him a year for every day of the year that he served God? Because he served God 365, he lived 365 years, and he served him, obviously, every day of his life. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says he pleased God. That means he fully agreed with God. That means think. Stop and think about this. The world around him. In fact, if you if you just want to read just the just the central the central, the sexual perversion alone that was in the world. Read Leviticus chapter eighteen and Leviticus chapter twenty. God literally goes, and that's it's disturbing. He literally goes into every. Kind of sexual expression of perversion that man can do. Every one of them are listed in there because he wanted Israel to know that if you do what other nations do, that sin will destroy you. God loved the people of Israel. And he knew redemption would come through them. So he wanted to preserve them and have them live lives that are separated from the world around them so that he could bless them with everything that they would ever need. Amen. I said amen. amen. So Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God, and he was not, for God took him home with him. Amen. Then in Genesis 6, God records the great flood. And he, and I'm gonna read the New Living Translation here in a moment. But he describes the spiritual atmosphere that surrounded Noah during that time. Because I want you to get this. I want you to know. Yes, we don't like the darkness. We don't like all the perversion. We don't like all the lawlessness that's going on. But we walk with God, and God will take care of us. Yes, this year is crucial regarding voting. You know, and um, uh, that number one that you vote because that's your right as a U.S. citizen, and but that you vote with your heart and not with your stupid head. I'm just telling you. And I will tell you this because I want you to understand. Both parties are, forgive me the language, screwed up. And so it is not a party issue. It's not a political issue. It's a moral issue. And you cannot be supporting uh, uh, the powers that be that support the murder of our babies. Now listen, in New York, now you can kill your baby after it's born. You talk about sick, twisted, disgusting, perverted, antichrist, ungodly, wicked people that, that we would become so numb, just like Germany did. They knew that all these Jews were being taken and slaughtered and nobody did nothing about it. Now, we've been going from 1973 till now, and, and, and but I tell you right now, if we get the right people in office and, and, and the right conservatives in office, we can, re- we can change the course of that curse and bring the blessing of God's presence back into America. Amen. Shout b- hallelujah if you believe hallelujah. it. Amen. I mean, this is important. You have to, these are critical times. These are serious times. That's why next Saturday, uh, we are going to get together. And we're, what do you call it? What, what do you call it, technology bringing this stuff in here? On screen? Yeah, Samuel Cass, is that what you call it? We're going to bring in an organization called The Return, and it's by Jonathan Kahn, and they're gathering together, not only nationwide, but worldwide, to pray for America. And we need to get on our faces and cry out to God for America. And uh, because, again, for the sake of my children and grandchildren, I would love to, I would love to see our liberties preserved for a little while longer, because... Things without a divine intervention of God, I'm I'm will be no different than the Jews. I mean, wicked, twisted people out there. Look at verse 5 through 6. Now the Lord observed, this is the surrounding the presence of around Noah uh, 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 during his time. The Lord preserved. I mean around Enoch, excuse me. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them on the earth and it broke his heart. The message Bible says people thought evil, imagined evil, 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 evil from morning till night. But, now just talk about Noah because God called him to build the ark. But Noah found favor with the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person on the earth at the time. And he walked in close, habitual fellowship with God. Just like Enoch did. Just like Enoch. He walked in close fellowship with God. Isn't that interesting in John 15 and 16? Uh, talks about the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit wants, uh, the Amplified wants to walk in close fellowship with us. And I can't imagine being, and I can, if you raise children and you never discipline them, children never listen to you, it gets extremely frustrating. I mean, it's just the way that it is. As a parent, you just, you want to pull your hair out. I wonder if God is bald by now. (laughs) Because he's been trying for, as far as we know, 6,000 years to try to fulfill his will through the, through the human will. Man, it's a challenge. But he was a righteous man like Enoch. Amen. So first of all, the Bible says here that um, Noah found favor. This is the kind of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless person living on the earth. And what did God do? God delivered him. He told him to build an ark for the saving of his household and he delivered, uh, he delivered him from that judgment. And so let me tell you about judgment. God isn't in heaven ready to just take his hammer and pour it, just slap. People judge themselves by their actions. I know in the Old Testament it says that God did this and God did that. God is not the author of death. He's not the author of destruction. We are. By the choices we make. So, God delivered the righteous before the world's day of judgment, right? He, and, and, how, and how does it relate to us? As I mentioned, Wednesday night, the dispensation of the church age is 2,000 years. That's Daniel 9. And therefore, because of that, the dispensation started when Jesus breathed into his disciples' nostrils the breath of life. They be, became saved. That was the beginning of the church dispensation. Now, we're, that's 2,000 years that have gone by, and we are, of course, we don't go by the Jewish calendar, but we are living in the last of the last days. Would you agree with me on that? I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know what that means as far as how many days left. I don't know. I just want to be faithful till he comes. So because, listen now, just for a moment. Because we're in the dispensation of the church age, we are still in the dispensation of Judah's life. So we're going to look at Jude, uh, not of Jude, and Jude wrote, the book of Jude, of course. And he has something to say about Enoch because Enoch walked with God. He was a righteous man. And so he, he, the Bible says he was blameless. The Bible says he pleased God. He fully agreed with God. All the world was saying, there's nothing wrong. You don't judge me. If I want to be Gay, if I want to be perverted, if I want to be a pedophile, if I want to be a liar, if I want to be a thief, whatever I want, you don't judge me. I'll be what I want to be. That's exactly what the world's saying. And listen, and because you, you, you don't agree with me, you're the enemy. Isn't that something about, uh, you know, uh, I'm not something they have a voice that want to be heard, but we have a voice that don't count. So let's read Jude, and we're gonna. This will wind it up here. This letter, and I'm gonna take my time since I have some time. This letter. Look at the New Living Translation now. This letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus, and I love this. Think about this. This vernacular, a slave of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. Jude was the half brother of Jesus. We didn't call him a half brother of Jesus. He called him the slave of Jesus Christ. That powerful. I am writing to all of you who have been called by God the Father, who loves you and keeps you safe. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. In the care of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. Now, dear friends, I have been eagerly planning to write to you about salvation we all share. He was going to go into detail about the salvation that every one of them were sharing. However, now I find I must write about something else. Urging you to defend the faith that God is entrusted once for all to his holy people. How is the world going to know the truth unless you stand up for the truth? I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. I just had a couple in church a couple weeks ago. And that's... and they come up to me and say, Pastor, we're so excited because we're going to get married in October. Oh, I said, next month? No, no, a year from October. Oh, I said, why wait that long? Oh, because we're trying to get enough money together. We were so broke when we got married, we couldn't pay attention. I mean, we were, had nothing. No, seriously. Andy, the only way I could get out of town is that money in the cards from the wedding. I wouldn't even be able to get out of town. I mean, we had nothing. We went to Indiana to get a job that was, starved us, uh, and we had $300 to get there with. I mean, we had, oh yeah, you guys th- think that was dinosaur times, and $300 was like $3 million today, but that's not true. <laughs> I know how you're thinking out there. <laughs> we had nothing. But, listen to this. So I said to them, no, 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 no. And so you're living together, yes. I said, no. Don't, don't, don't do that. I said, let's do this. I said, let's just have a real small private wedding. I'll marry you. And then later on, you can have a big wedding and all invite your families. You know what they did? They lit up like a light bulb because they'd never heard of such a thing. Because I said, God wants to bless you, but he cannot bless, I know it's weird, fornication. He cannot bless sexual sin. I'm sorry, he can't. And I'm sure every one of us has ever been guilty of something in, in uh, means of some sexual sins, but I'm just saying, I want to be able, my point in bringing that up, I want to be able to tell them the truth. Yeah. Why? So that could stop the, I believe there are multitudes of men and women that get together and it was God's divine plan. But because they didn't connect, you know, they didn't get, get married, Satan got in and destroyed something that was of God. Wow, it's true. Let's go on. Where am I at? Uh, uh, verse 4. Uh, verse 3. Dear friends, I have been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation. Oh, okay. But now I find myself right because people, yeah, are, um, are saying that uh, God's marvelous grace allows us to live a more lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago. Watch this. For they have denied our only master, the Lord, and Jesus Christ. So I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt, but later he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. He didn't destroy anybody. They destroyed themselves. And I remind you, the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belong. God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. Don't forget about Sodom and Gomorrah and their, uh, and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. These cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. Now, stop about this. Think about this. Isn't that something that Paul talks, the sexual passion we have, he calls it a burning. It, it, he said it would be better if you married than to burn, that the passion, the sexual passion of your life is out of control And you're doing everything you can to fulfill it, but can't because lust is insatiable. So that's what he's addressing here, and so and so it is today. You know, it doesn't matter that you know uh, all all the. uh, Isn't it beautiful to know that God designed it that if you have uh, intimacy with just one partner, there has never been any scientific evidence of of sex of um. Yeah, right, of um, disease. That's how precious and holy this thing is. I'm de- I know we all get quiet, but somebody has to sh- s- tell the truth. We can't, I mean, that's why when you're around people, I- now, listen, I- and I'm telling you the truth. I've been in, uh, I'll go into 7-Eleven. Well, they don't have them anymore, but you know, places like the get and go, they, don't have them. I don't have them, but they have them up here. But anyway, I go to this gas station, and I say to couples, hey, uh, how you go- doing? We're doing good. How long you been married? Ah, uh, we're not married. Uh, and you live together? Yeah. Oh, I said, don't do that. Don't do that. Because, you know, God loves you so much, but that's sin. And he wants to bless you, but you can't because you're living in sin. I've, not, I've never had one person tell me where to go. <laughs> but you know what they do? They get real quiet because God is convicting their hearts. Do we care more about us than we do pe- uh, people who need to know the truth, man. Yeah. Let's go on. Uh, and watch this. But the, oh, okay, in the, so those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives, defy authority, and scoff at supernatural beings. I'm telling you, we are living in that day where people literally despise authority. Are you agree with me? They defy authority, they scoff at the supernatural things of God. Verse 10, but these people scoff at things they do not understand, like unthinking animals. They do whatever their instincts tell them, and so they bring about their own destruction. What sorrow awaits them, for they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother. And I put in here, why? Uh, or, uh, uh, I put how? Um, but why did he? Anger. That's why. Like Balaam, they deceive people for money. How? Greed. Like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. How? Because of pride. Isn't that funny? When these people eat with you in your fellowship, you got to be careful who you hang around with. Meals commemorating the Lord's love. They are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. They are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They're like trees in autumn that are doubly dead. Remind me of the fig tree in Mark 10. For they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. They're like wild waves of the sea, churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. They're like wandering stars doomed forever to blackness, darkness. Enoch. There it is. That's what i wanted to get to. Who lived in the seventh generation after Adam prophesied about these people. He said, listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of, of his holy ones to execute judgment on the people of the world. He will convict every person of all the ungodly things they have done and, and, um, and for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are grumblers and complainers living only to satisfy their desires. They brag loudly about themselves and they flatter others to get what they want. But you, my dear friends, must remember, must remember, must remember what the apostle of the Lord Jesus said. They told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their, un, their natural instincts because they do not, um, they, they not have God's, uh, uh, God's spirit in them. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Prayer uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Amen. And then await the mercy of our Lord Jesus, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you, um, uh, in this way, uh, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. And you must, and I love this part, guys and gals, you must show mercy to, uh, to, still, uh, to still others. Must do with great caution, hating the sins that can, oh, excuse me, I, I skipped a verse. You must do so with great caution, hating the sins. Verse 22, you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Say, love God and hate sin. sin. That's what he's saying. Now, all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him alone, our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I'm, uh, I'm gonna read this last verse here in 1 Thessalonians, so we have to close. Now, also, we would not have you ignorant, brethren, about those who fall asleep in death, that you may not grieve for them, as the rest do who have no hope beyond the grave. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him through Jesus those who have fallen asleep in death. For this we declare to you by the Lord's own word. This is Jesus' word. That we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall in no way proceed into his presence or have any advantage at all over those who have previously fallen asleep in him in death. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a loud cry of summons, with the shout of an archangel, with the blast of the trumpet of God. And those who have departed... Uh, this life in Christ will rise first. Then we, the living ones who remain on the earth, shall simultaneously be caught up along with the resurrected dead in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so always through the eternity of eternities we shall be filled. Uh, we shall be, be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort and encourage one another with these words. Wow. Good stuff, isn't it? Amen. So there's go- I mean, there is going to come a day when Jesus comes. And I just want to be ready. I just want to be prepared inwardly. I want to be connected with the Holy Ghost so that I never find myself outside the boundaries of God's word. Now, mind you, don't get into fear. We're all going to make mistakes until Jesus comes. But his precious mercy is new every morning, and his blood cleanses us from all sin. Can I have an amen? So I'm not saying that you have to live a perfect life. No, but you live a, a faithful and obedient life to the Lord Jesus. Amen. First John 3, 3 says, everyone who has this hope resting on him cleanses, purifies himself just as he is pure, chaste, undefiled, and guiltless. So we see here through here that, that um, even, even though things were so bad in Enoch's day, he said they would also be bad in our day. And every gen- and I'm sure this is true. I'm sure every generation from Jesus till now has had their dark seasons. Right? They've had their dark seasons. And again, I love what that one preacher said. God gave the land of Israel to the Jews because he loved them. God gave America to the Christians because we love him. And I believe that with all my heart, that this land, that's why things, remember, the spiritual temperature of any nation is determined by the spiritual temperature of the church. And that spiritual condition of our nation today is not their fault it's ours. But if we will crowd to God in repentance, that's what we're doing. The word, the, word, the return that Jonathan Kahn got was the fact that, that we return to God in our hearts for the dispensation we're in. Because if we don't, we will lose our nation. Amen. Let's bow our heads, we'll pray. Thank you, Lord. We bless you today. We bless you. So as far as I can see, there's a couple of people that were pretty, I thought pretty neat, they got raptured, which was Enoch in his natural body. God took him to heaven. And then Elijah, a chariot came and picked him up. Is that cool or what? Uber was already operating back then. Just amazing, amazing. But they, God was, think about that. God was so I don't know. He had to have been so excited to get, to capture a couple people that had sold out to him. They said, hey, you don't have to go through anymore. I'm taking you home. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, from the time it was birthed till now, has never, has There are Christians today being killed, especially in the Middle East. So suffering, we are not immune from suffering. We don't pray for it, but we're not immune from it, nor should we be afraid of it. But the reason we're in the condition we're in is because the church has been silent. 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 We hear things, but we say nothing. We see things, but we say nothing. I'm believing the same Holy Ghost that fell upon the church in the book of Acts. While the church was being persecuted, Christians being beaten, chained, thrown in prison and murdered. The church intensified in its boldness for God. We need that today. Do you agree with me? We need that today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, we just bless you today for your word. We thank you, God, that there is going to be a catching away of your church, and we just want to be ready for it. We're so grateful, God, that you give us examples in the Bible that give us hope. Come on, everybody, give him praise for that. So, God, today, we all of us here dedicate and consecrate our hearts to you, trust in you, God, asking you. Everybody said this out loud, Lord, give me boldness. Holy Spirit, empower me with courage and boldness in the hour I'm living in. So that I can fulfill the will of God in my life and in my community. Lift a hand and give him praise for that. Heavenly Father, I pray for the church today. In every church in our community, God, that preaches Christ is awesome. We just bless them in Jesus' name. But God, we don't want to be found lacking. We don't want to be found, God, in the book of Revelation where the people were, had lost their first love, uh, where the church had um, become lukewarm, the church had yielded to immorality. God, we want, we want to be holy and set apart for you. So God, this morning, every one of us, consecrate. Just say it out. You can say it out loud or in your heart. Say, Lord, I consecrate my heart to you. Say, Lord, I consecrate my life to you. Lord, I consecrate my family to you. Lord, I consecrate my marriage to you. Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you for hearing our prayers today. And God, I pray that in the coming hours and days, we will see a glorious outpouring of your spirit. We don't want to be sitting on the outside observing a move of God. We want to be in the center of you moving, Father. And I believe that's the prayer of each and every one here today. So, God, thank you. I pray your blessing, your presence, your power, and your provision be manifested in your people this week, God. Amen. And as um, Daryl comes this morning, God, I pray that your anointing will rest heavily upon this altar. And that, God, many will come into the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, everybody lift your hands and give God glory for that. And, Father, we pray your anointing upon Pastor Vicky as she leads the prayer service, God. And we give you praise that many things will be accomplished in that service this morning. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.